The Free For All Roundtable. Round one. On round one, Jerry Agar live in studio and getting ready for his show at 9 a.m., but here to offer his thoughts, Deb Hutton, former advisor to two Ontario premiers, Scott Reid, former advisor to a Canadian prime minister and CTV political commentator. Good morning, everybody. And uh, boy, in the last 12 hours, did the mayoral race begin to take shape, and we ended up with two candidates declaring on the show this morning. We've already heard from Mark Saunders, former chief of police. Josh Matlow is going to be here in minutes, and then Anthony Fury from the Toronto Sun suddenly announced he's running as well. Um, Jerry, I don't know if you had a chance to listen to my conversation with Mark Saunders, but um, you know, a lot of people are getting the measure of the man, and this is going to be a not long municipal race. Yeah, um, well, I like Mark Saunders. I would certainly, uh, I would <laughs> far and away, choose him over uh, Josh Matlow, but I, I might choose a three-legged dog over uh, <laughs> Josh Matlow to be honest with you. You're going to have to pass him to get back to your prepper. I don't care. Okay. You know, I don't care if he's listening right now. Um, and, um, and I'm curious about what Anthony Fury will have to say. I'm, I'm, I'm quite surprised. I know Anthony Fury. Um, and I, you know, I don't know him so well that he would call me and say, hey, I'm thinking about running. But I mean, I've worked with him. I've known him a long time. And he's a smart guy. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what he has to say. Deb what time Hutton, is he on with you? Uh, he's going to be on... Uh, half an hour from a, now or something? About a half an hour yeah. from now. At the bottom of uh, the 8 to 8.30 uh, segment. Uh, Deb Hutton, your thoughts? Well, full disclosure, I am supporting Anna Bylaw, so take everything else that I say with a grain okay. of salt, because <laughs> I've made that decision, and, and uh, as much as I have a lot of respect for Mark Saunders, um, I, I obviously have made my choice in this race, but he's a great guy, and, and I listened to your interview, and I thought he did very well. Um, I'm reminded, though, Jerry, of a, a tweet I saw from our friend Jim Richards saying, I think I might vote for George Mamaliti if it meant it wasn't Josh Matlow, which I thought sort of summed it up for many of us. <laughs> yeah, that's how bad it is. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, it's it's a crowded race, and we haven't heard from all of the, you know, 29 or 30 others who ran back in the fall against John Tory. I'm sure there will be some of those. Gil Penaloso, while he was out of the gate uh, very, very early, we haven't heard from him for a long time. So I think it will be an interesting race. I, I disagree with you, though, John. I think three months is lots of time for mm -hmm. the mayor of Toronto. Oh, I think it's plenty of time to make our choice. But at the same time, municipal races usually start like a year before the actual voting day. Um, Scott Reed, your thoughts? Well, I think the most obvious comment is that this is as crowded as an Irish wake. And that has implications in a short by-election uh, for how people will win. Um, I think you're going to see tiers of candidates. You, so, for example, it tells you immediately that those on the so-called center right have not been successful in saying, all right, let's clear the track for a chosen candidate. Same thing on the left. And the left has a greater history in being able to pull that off. But without the likes of, you know, Mike Layton and Joe Cressy running, then you end up in a situation where you've got a really crowded field. And so it's kind of a Yahtzee. Like, you know, um, somebody's going to have more, more name recognition and somebody's going to capture people attention i'm unconvinced it's going to be any of the people you're interviewing today i mean frankly you know mark saunders yeah fine but you know let's be honest it, the number one complaint about him as a as, as a police chief was that he failed at the you know the, the the portions of the job that involved understanding politics and communicating with the public well those are fairly vital characteristics of a mayor uh so i i'm not convinced uh that who we're hearing from today will break the top tier but i 
you know, I think all these candidates make it a real jump ball, and that makes for an exciting race. Okay, so the federal liberals have floated the possibility, I have my doubts, but we have to address it, of making a motion today on an inquiry into foreign interference in our elections, making it a confidence vote. Uh, Scott Reid, you've had to marshal uh, a minority parliament or two, so I don't think this is going to happen. What do you think? Hard to say. Uh, it may be that the NDP are insisting privately that the liberals make it a confidence vote and in order to say listen we're not simply going to carry your water unless you force us to by making it a confidence vote so we can stand up and say well we don't want to plunge the country into an election and therefore um we're uh, we're going to vote with the liberals they, they may have privately communicated that my guess is that this is some saber rattling and it may not come to that. Some people will get the flu um, and the NDP will find a way to uh, rationalize as they have so often recently uh, supporting the government. But I will tell you this, in minority parliaments, when you get to showdowns, you get unpredictable results. I'll never forget the day, right, that we marched Belinda Stronach across the aisle, Chuck Cadman who was dying of cancer and was in Stephen Harper's caucus, flew in from British Columbia off of his sick bed, turned out to be his deathbed, voted with the government, and we had a tied vote, and the speaker was forced to vote to break the tie. So just like understand, as much as we might go, oh, well, nothing to see here, these situations can roll out of your control real quickly when you're in charge. Okay, Deb Hutton. I'm with Scott on this. I mean, uh, I, I think anything could happen. I, I also like your first comment, Scott, which is I think it will be a confidence vote. And I think they know already that that's the out for the NDP voting against this. You can see in their positioning, they've already said, you know, we've got another motion coming later in the week. The Liberals obviously have been filibustering. I mean, these guys, this is silly season, quite frankly. And the unfortunate part is it's over such an important topic. So... All three parties are behaving incredibly badly on this topic. I wish we could get on with an actual inquiry, whatever shape that takes. I'm not sure David Johnson's the right guy to be doing what he's doing. Uh, but in terms of what's happening in the House, I don't think anything big is going to happen. Uh, but as Scott says, anything's possible. Jerry, this is the kind of gamesmanship that drives people crazy about politicians and politics. Yeah, but I don't want Jugmeet Singh doing me the favor of not plunging us into an election. Do the right thing. I mean, if he really believes we don't need an investigation, then he should man up and say so. Otherwise, he needs to, uh, if this happens, he needs to vote for a true investigation into what has taken place. Because every day that Justin Trudeau tries to prevent an investigation makes me wonder more, what, what is it he doesn't want me to know? Uh, well, hang on one second. Let's clear the air. That's not what this vote is about, eh? This is about whether or not the, the, the prime minister's chief of staff will be forced to testify at a committee. And, and I do think there's an uninteresting but important principle as to whether or not you're going to permit staff to testify to committees or are you going to force, like you normally do under our parliamentary system, ministers to take responsibility and be the spokesperson. So this isn't about whether or not there's going to be an inquiry. This isn't about forestalling on the, on, you know, on, on the issue of Chinese interference. It's about that narrow and probably seems like a boring process issue to some people, but not unimportant issue. Okay, but wait a minute. What, why are they so gung-ho to not have her testify? What is it she knows? And she's testified in other things, so that, that horse left the barn already. 
Well, I don't think that uh, I think that's the issue is that they're going to say, well, if we do not draw the line at some point, this becomes established precedent and you will have staff testifying before committees. You know, Deb and I both served in government. I, I think it's a bad idea to have te- senior staff testifying at committees. I mean, they're not elected. They're not accountable and responsible. Um, and, you know, I, I think you got to be careful, Jerry, to say, well, if she doesn't testify, there's no other reason that you wouldn't want to have that precedent established. It only must be because they're trying to hide something. I don't think that that's necessarily the case. Uh, A member of the Ottawa Health Board got a letter saying you're too fat to serve in a health capacity. Deb Hutton, just more of the usual sort of fat shaming, woman shaming, uh, insensitivity that I guess we're all getting used to. Yeah, but we shouldn't get used to it, John. Like, this is ridiculous. I What goes through my mind on this is, who is this person that wrote the letter? And how god-awful it must be to be married to her, or to be her child, or to be her neighbor. I mean, who does this sort of thing? This is just, it's ridiculous. Like, what a, a, a hateful busybody. Uh, this woman is so qualified, uh, which isn't always the case, by the way, on our boards. <laughs> she truly is qualified, and, and I just thank, I, I'm very thankful she shone a light on it. Uh, and I hope that this woman, whoever she is, actually gets a, a good deal of shaming herself. Although, Scott Reed, this wouldn't be the first time that people start criticizing somebody who has some sort of a health capacity for their health. I remember the Quebec um, health minister was a smoker, and for a while people used to mock an Ontario health minister because he was overweight. Uh, well, let's back the train up a minute. First of all, I've known Elise for years, uh, the woman in question, and she's terrific and not just qualified, but she is dynamite. And I think part of what makes her so dynamite is she is the kind of person who has the courage to say, you know what, this is what I got. And let's have a public discussion about this. Good on her. Um, what, what? Why are we all rushing to the conclusion that the person who wrote this letter is correct and that Elise is uh, unhealthy? That's crap. So um, I'm not even going to extend into the territory of comparing it to a health minister who smokes, because I think that's to feed the, uh, the fallacy and the, uh, uh, the bigotry of the person who wrote the letter. The only thing I would say is please don't make it about this happens to her because she's a woman. You just quoted it was happening to a guy as well. Yeah, back in the day. But I also yeah. think, uh, certainly judging by the kind of texts I get when I have women as panelists, uh, people are much more vitriolic and hateful. And I don't know what that is. Do you want to see the text there while I'm on the air? I have. Yeah. I was going to say, I'm on with, with Jerry and Scott, and they're bad about me. I don't know. Well, I haven't checked this morning because I'm, <laughs> I'm not paying any attention to it. Uh, I you, think fair I game on this panel. Of- I, I get body shamed a fair bit less than uh, others, and I uh, than women who I am on air with. And let me tell you, uh, I deserve it more than just about anyone. A U.S. driver has been charged with stunt driving, but he says he wasn't speeding. He thought that the sign was actually in uh, miles per hour instead of kilometers. Jerry, we've had the metric system for years. Anybody who lives close to the uh, border must know it. Would you buy this if you were a justice of the peace? No, I don't buy it any more than uh, the guy we were talking about on my show yesterday who got a ticket at uh, Pearson because he pulled over and parked on the side of the road where the sign clearly says you can't park on the side of the road and the sign has a picture of a camera and he was arguing that he shouldn't have got the ticket because uh, he should have got it in person if he was going to get one. This sign is obvious. When you enter Canada from the United States, maybe you never heard of this before, but there are signs there that clearly tell you that it's kilometers per hour and it does the conversion for you. So um, he's He's either lying or he's just a complete idiot. I mean, for either reason, it'd be better if he went back to New York. And Deb Hutton, this is in your neck of the woods. Yeah. And by the way, Jerry, it could be both. 
He could be a liar and an idiot. Yes, well, that's true. <laughs> As with the Canadian at Pearson. Exactly. All right. Anybody want to take a cruise for three years? Um, Jerry Agar? <laughs> oh, you're talking about living on the on living a cruise, on a cruise ship? Yeah, not just for like six months, for three years. Have you ever taken a cruise? I have not. Okay. Um, I didn't think I'd like it. I sort of got forced into it, and then I did kind of like it. The problem is, and this is what friends of mine who work on cruise ships say, it's really cool when you pull into, you know, whatever their destination is, and then, and then you pull in the second time, and then you pull in the third time, and after a while, you go, yeah, I've seen this. <laughs> like, it's just, you know, there's no variety of destination. You're just going around in a circle. Deb Hutton, the argument made in this column is that it could actually be cheaper than renting and living in Toronto. Yeah, and listen, a part of me wishes my personality would be more like that, where you just say, what the heck? You know, sell the house, go for three years, see the world. But I also acknowledge that a bigger part of my personality would consider being on a cruise ship for any amount of time a, a floating hell. <laughs> You'd be a prisoner. Scott exactly. Reed, are you in for shuffleboard later today? Uh, I would pay $30,000 to not be on a cruise ship. Uh, you know, there would be... Uh, it would turn into a special episode of Colombo because I would clearly start murdering all the other uh, per, uh, you know, guests on board because uh, I, I, th that, that is not for me. N uh, not for me. I'll tell you the one thing that I do know about being on a cruise, though. You spend an entire year on a cruise boat, get ready for some fat shaming when you get off that boat because <laughs> they feed you like you wouldn't believe. All Garlic right. mashed potatoes for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. My thanks to Jerry Agar, Deb Hutton, and Scott Reed. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.